Okay. Everybody recording? Unfortunately. Oh. Sorry, God. Jared's the hardest one to do the, uh, like, the sync clap. Yes. The way I do it is I just say everybody recording, and I just expect to get a, like, yes, yes. And Jared will make some sort of moan or sound effect. <laughs> so the way that spikes on my garage band is, like, this weird quivering, like, hover in response. I'm recording now, Podcast Zaddy. Thank you. It doesn't help now. See, we'd have to do all that. Just go with the mom. See, I like this right here. I like Jared's background. He's got, like, the Gary's and he's pointing right at Jared's head. That's what do it, Gary, you pussy. I dare you, please. Kudos to you, Jared. You finally hit the mark of placement and really what everybody wants. I, like I want it. <laughs> uh, just say, this is not a uh, visual format, but Jared is basically saying he wants to die, right? I was say, Hyro's not getting any fucking joke points on me. I'm the one that made it. I'm the one that did it. I'm saying do it, Gary. <laughs> Maybe Hyro's right. Uh, he can't be the host slash point guard because Jared, like, refuses the setup. He's like, no, no, I set myself up. <laughs> Shut up. It's off the backboard, you jackass. <laughs> this summer is about to get hotter. The smash box office hit. Is about to become the number one rental ever. Ransom. Give me two million dollars, or you'll never see him again. Sean. Your only priority is getting your boy back. That's the some sign that he's alive. Is he indoors? Is he outdoors? Oh, Seth. How many kidnappings have you worked before? Ten. Got back seven. What went wrong? If I were a betting man, I would bet on the people who pay. Did you bet on the ones where you got back a corpse? They had him right where they wanted. Yeah, he hung up. You don't know where he is. You don't know where he is. You're the FBI and you don't know shit. Get him. Until he did. Is our son dead? Don't ever think that. What they never expected. Tom, you're on. The whole world now knows my son was kidnapped. This is what waits for the man who took him. This is your ransom. But this is as close as you'll ever get to it. Instead, I'm offering this money as a reward on your head. Take it back. No. Tell him that you were wrong. You think I don't want him back? You think I wouldn't do absolutely everything to get him back? Sean? I want to listen. Mel Gibson. If I don't get my son back, I'm going to dedicate my life to tracking you down. Renee Russo. Who got shot? Gary Sinise. Delroy Lindo. Everybody, hold your fire! People Magazine calls it a slam-bang thriller. And Siskel and Ebert give it two thumbs up. It's the best film of the year. You still have a chance to do the right thing. If you don't, then God be with you because nobody else on this earth will be. I want to die! You kill him! You kill yourself! Ah! Give me back my son! Oh, all right. Uh, let's see. This week, I think we've got another uh, popular movie, I think. Um, this had to have been a hit. I would hope so. Uh, let's see. This... Oh, yeah, it was a hit. <laughs> yeah, okay, so this one opened uh, November 8th. Uh, <clears throat> top movie by a pretty wide margin, uh, $34 million. Uh, in fairness to Hyro's favorite film of 1996, Romeo and Juliet only dropped uh, 18% from week uh, one to two. So that's like no drop at all. Uh, I am wondering, and this is... I'm just going to go ahead and be negative to, uh, I guess, my selection process. We may have been better served by doing 
Queen Latifah's Set It Off, which opens. Oh, why three. didn't we do that? That's a great movie. I, I'm questioning that myself right now. Because this is like as milk, like vanilla-y as it gets. All right, there it is. Minus. Uh, There's the person uh, of color attacking the whites. Mel Gibson just making dumb choice after dumb choice after dumb choice and being rewarded for it. That's like if he if if they issued his recording from you know when he's berating his wife about Jewish people and black people or whatever the hell it was he says and, he and then he gets for an Oscar. Yeah, exactly. This Reality, is what this baby. is. It happened. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought this was a uh, advantageous opportunity to ask you, mm. Hiro, being the only father in the uh, in the group. Oh, would you play these types of games with one of your children? Look at Jared distributing the ball. No, I love it. I love the question. This is the dumbest thing you'll ever see. Especially when you factor in that he's a billionaire with a B, and the dude only asked for two milli. Like you got to get rough with those kidnappers. <laughs> you fucking idiot. The math doesn't add up. So the whole movie is thrown off. Hold, hold like, on. Let me defend Mel Gibson here. There it is. That's yeah. right. That, That's let, right. Let, let me record this piece that and catch man. that drop. I'm, I'm trying to. I can't trick Hyro into hosting the show, so maybe I can trick him into editing the show if I give him enough juicy material that he wants to really emphasize. Come on, man. You know Marcus played. You know how that schedule, that just, editing what, process what, works. What has happened to you? What's, what's going on here? I'm a busy man. I'm an important member of the uh, the intelligence community of the government, and that's kids a, getting kidnapped. Left I, I, I'm working on the board for my association. I'm See, hosting a team ball. You, you may have an important professional position in life. But you're volunteering to coach T-ball and all this other bullshit. Like that that's really what's eating into the podcast. Time. It sure is. Important time. Plus I'm attending NBA games, going to football games. I got things to do. All right, super spreader. Um I, 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 I'm vaccinated. <laughs> Let's not get political here. I was just about to defend Mel Gibson and you keep interrupting. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Proceed, sir. <laughs> So, yes, I think it is a plot point. Is it the Gary Sinise character or Delroy Lindo? Someone says they know you're much wealthier than this. Two million dollars is a fee that they expect you to pay uh, because they want it quick and clean. However, when they actually do go through the uh, transfer process where he's paying the ransom, he he does see that there's there's no child there's no exchange going on and maybe he's not privy to what we know but the characters as smart as they are for asking for a pittance two million dollars these thieves have no intention they they repeatedly say yeah we're just gonna kill him anyway we just need to get the money first so is is he but really we in know the wrong we know that like yes he barely he kind of notices that but there's there's an attempt to give money and there's no kid they're not in his mind. He starts to assume they're not going to live up to their end. And realistically, yes, the child is the only witness. So is he really that insane? I would say he's insane. If he's <laughs> if they called in the first sequence and he immediately started ranting at them and said, get me on TV, <laughs> I'm not paying. I would agree with you, but I'm giving him a little bit of rope here. He tries to do the uh, the ransom process and uh, they, they try to con him. So then Mel loses his mind, as we all knew he would. I didn't think it was unreasonable, his suspicions, whenever they he shows up to the drop. And he's like, what are you talking about giving you the kid back? I don't know what the hell he's talking about. And then all of a sudden he's like, you know what? I'm not getting my kid mm-hmm. back. Donnie Wahlberg <laughs> not lie to Mel. There's no way. Yeah. He knows he's an honest guy. 
I also think that it's funny that the two two guys on the show without children is like, damn right, play hardball with the kidnapper. We do not negotiate with terrorists in this com- in this country. This company. This cat. I corrected myself. Thank you. Go ahead, I'm Hiro. just here to point out every little flaw, Jared. You know this about me. I'm just here to attack at all times. That's what else you got, Hyro. You just got to uh, get those kids, let them know that uh, at any point, <laughs> they're not negoti- you're not negotiating with their captors. <laughs> so clean up your room. <laughs> it takes Mel nothing, nothing to make another one. Just take Rene Russo Yeah, they in can there. make another one. One, two, three, five. How many you want? Ransom two. Is that what we're doing? <laughs> I mean, okay, if there was a sequel here, then I'd say it's on him. Um, you know, I, I like the first Taken quite a bit. Um, I don't know if that's something that you can sequelize yeah. as much as they did. <laughs> it, it does fall into that what you said, Hiro, about the Jaws four thing. Like my kid keeps getting kidnapped. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> exactly. At some point, fucking keep an eye on that little motherfucker. <laughs> so, Hiro, the trailer and the premise of this film, what they're selling is a, a father who won't pay. Um, and uh, what was the, the the Ridley Scott movie? All the Money in the World that came out um, a few years ago, but was based on a, a true event uh, similar to this. Um, that's the hook, though, right? Like that's that's what makes this interesting, as opposed to just Mel negotiating negotiating with kidnappers. Are are you saying that they they can't get you over the hump with that the stupidity that the rest of it can't be entertaining or because I kind of agree with you. The movie's pretty bland. Like they have a yeah. cool trailer moment, but then what they do with it afterwards is kind of just a lot of sitting around and, and waiting. This is probably really, I mean, we got to look at it through 1996 sensibilities too, right? This is uh this probably was like high art back then. You know, 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was yeah. right there with Romeo and Juliet, which I don't, uh, I can't. The say movie that you with. just referenced, was that the George Clooney, Julia Roberts thing? The all the money in the world. Yeah. Oh no, uh, no, no. That's the one where they cropped out Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah. Got was, it. Okay. Yeah. I was um, hoping it was the one where the guy, uh, his wife, tells him that you cry when we fuck or some shit like that. Well, that's a great movie. What movie is this? It's uh, George Clooney and Julia Roberts, and the guy's holding the TV station hostage, like the money guy. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then the wife comes on the TV, and she just it, it, if you know, you think that she's gonna be like trying to convince him to you know smooth talk him off the ledge but no she's like you fucking pussy you cry when we fuck why do you like uh for (laughs) men on film to be emasculated so totally in front of us i love it it's the best real real window uh (laughs) (laughs) into your bedroom (laughs) are you trying to insinuate that i'm a big fan of being pegged or something what are we doing And if your wife slaps you around a little bit, get the engine going. <laughs> Look, man, they're just jumper cables. It's no big, no big deal. Bring home your interrogation devices. Exactly, man. A little jar of honey, ferret. It's all good. It's a party. Jesus Christ. Uh, you Who definitely, you to judge me? You need to start editing the show if this is how you're spending your time. You can. <laughs> it's unseemly. <laughs> I don't think you answered any of the questions. Uh, I think I did. I think I did. A little bit more illumination there. Um, I think my plot hole that I did not care for was Gary Sinise going to collect the money after mm. he's got away scot-free mm. with the crime. Doesn't believe in now, direct deposit. 
No, no, uh, no checks, please. We're going to go straight to the bank as I put this gun. Mm. Isn't it that at that point he's been outed? Like everybody knows who he is. He is not found out till the kid pisses pisses himself. Hears, okay. hears him. So if he doesn't show up to collect money or, you know, just waits till Mel meets him at a fucking coffee shop or something, you can pretty much get away with it. Yeah, you're right, Jared. The, uh, they show but did the him. kid see him? The kid never saw him. Just hears his voice. Just hears, yeah. Yeah, he heard his voice while he was kidnapped. So ah, he puts that okay. To, puts that together when he hears him at... Uh, Mel's residence. He wasn't using that like smoker thing on his neck that uh, you use when you lose your fucking <laughs> yeah, voice box. Yeah, the, the trach speaker that he didn't. Oh, shit. oh look at this professional. <clears throat> I gotta take the pills. <laughs> Viagra? Testosterone. Mm. <laughs> Do you really need that? No. No. Shouldn't you just be dialing it back at this point in your life? I have to jerk off so much to get the poison out, Pyro. I've got I make too much, baby. Mm. <laughs> Please never refer to me as baby when you were talking about jerking off. You will refer to me as tangible Teddy when we're talking about jerking you, off. Uh, yeah, keep the you continuation asked me if I going. Take Viagra or not, but you're uncomfortable <laughs> calling you baby. You take any boner pills? Don't be fresh with me, goddammit! Because you're dragging me into this fucking sexual interlude here, man. <laughs> I take it all back. I have to host the show. Uh, this, is what, <laughs> this is a preview of what it would be otherwise. Um, okay, yeah. To to the plot hole. Um, there, the film is like intelligent enough to know that the character realizes that his voice could be recognized by the child. So doesn't he spy on them in the park and then just show up unannounced? at the end of the film to collect his check uh, because he assumes that the family's out of the house, the kid's out of the house. So he's aware enough of that. So Jared actually brings up an excellent point. You can't just say, meet me at my place. Like, why would you, <laughs> why would you even entertain the possibility that the child who you're afraid of recognize your voice walking in? Yes. Goes to my point earlier, Hiro, that it's a killer hook, but the follow through on this has to be somewhat stagnant and boring. Like, it's just two people talking on the telephone until the villain decides to give up the goods, basically, to shoot <laughs> Lily Taylor and Lee Schreiber and uh, whoever the bald one is. I don't know who the bald guy is. Yeah, I wasn't sure. I, I did some research on him, and he's nobody. That's a little mean. I mean, I'd already said I don't know who he is, and you're like, yeah, I researched that. He's a failure. <laughs> <laughs> he's a sober cinema. Of the actors there. Hey, at least we have enough listenership that we know when we mention someone's uh, masturbation accidents that they're going to hear it. It's going to get back to them. <laughs> they're going to be made aware that that's public record now. Thank you, Tangible Teddy. Yeah. I think it's at Tangible Teddy if you want to talk to him about it. He's got some real De Niro takes. <laughs> Just waiting on Hiro. Come in there. That's you know, in, in the penis gags, you're right there. No, no, I'm I'm good. I'm I trying to trying to no Carl Malone, sir. What's going on I'm, with you? <laughs> this is the most vanilla movie ever, man. This is a, this is a hard one for uh, old sober cinema, in okay. my opinion. Hold up, hold up. Can we talk about Mercutio some more? I can fix this. I can make it cool again. So I've never seen Set It Off. Um, 
I've not seen that. Next movie, and our next one is set it off. A bank robbery picture where not for a second you could believe that these thieves would be successful. And not because they're women, they're just so disorganized, so theatrical. In Set It Off, four young women who need money and feel that by stealing it from a bank, they're just stealing it from the system, decide to pull off a job to make ends meet. The four of us could take a bank. Look at that crackhead Darnell could rob a bank. We could take a bank. 20 G's would save my life right now. Stevie needs tuition. But time out, please, in this sometimes goofy movie for a little romance. A most improbable one between a bank officer in a business suit, Blair Underwood, hitting on a woman in blue jeans, Jada Pinkett, right in the lobby of his bank. Actually, Miss Dorsey, I, I'm a, a manager in corporate banking upstairs. I don't know what these folks do down here, but when I saw you, I said to myself, I said, I said self, a woman that fine, as fine as you are, and you are that fine, needs to have her own personal banker. Here's a typical robbery. They're dressed up like a cross between the Supremes and Lumberjacks, and the robbers suddenly realize they're at the wrong bank. That's plain silly. Okay, we didn't case this bank, okay? We cased downtown Federalists. They're all pretty much the same. The robberies feature cars crashing through walls, in and out of banks. That proves that Set It Off wants to be both a traditional action picture and some kind of social statement. I don't think it works very well as either. Thumbs down for me. Oh, Gene, you really missed the boat this time. And one of the what problems is that? is that all you did was just look at the plausibility of this film without touching the human elements. Mm -hmm. The economic predicament these women have, the emotional mm -hmm. predicament, uh, the brother, yeah. the child, right. the problems, the way that she's fired in the wonderful opening scene. The opening stuff of their plight is heartbreaking, what happens yeah. to them. Uh -huh. Then we get a routine action picture it's, to First follow. of all, it's not routine. Oh, I and think it's secondly, very You don't think crashing through a wall in a bank and out in the back isn't Schwarzenegger time all over again? I think that it's very well done, first of all. Secondly, What, what do you like, how the bricks fell? The, you, you've left out the entire setup about why they have to crash through the wall. That wonderful scene involving the cops stopping the homeless man on the sidewalk so they can't get out of the bank. And then what are they going to do? And this woman thinks of something to do, and she tries to do it. You know, when you get into this movie in terms yeah. of who the people are, yeah. it really works. The it's people... much better than the other women buddy pictures this year. It's better than the First Wives Club. It's better than Waiting to Exhale last year. It's the oh, best of these pictures. I don't think it's better than Waiting oh, to Exhale. Oh, yes, it is. Okay, coming up next, Richard Dreyfuss oh, yeah. plays a demented mob boss getting back to business in Mad Dog Time. There's really no reason to, uh, you know, get long-winded or fancy about this. I'm loony. <clears throat> Just getting out. Jada Pinkett. Queen Latifah, Vivica A. Fox, and Kimberly Jada Pinkett Elise. giving up that box for money in that movie, too. Don't forget that. Have you seen Set It Off? No. I've not seen it. Wow. Shocker. What does that mean? <laughs> Do you guys hate yeah, black people? You... I mean, <clears throat> <clears throat> Let's see. It's directed by F. Gary Gray. I'll tell you the films of his that I have seen. Uh, he followed up Set It Off with The, ne the Negotiator. I've seen Did that. he do Belly? Is that is that Belly? Mm, I'm not seeing this uh, on Nope, he did not. Friday was his first film. Uh, mm. Set it off. Uh, so that's an O for two for me on Friday and set it off. But when he I've seen Friday. Jared, you're ruining my, my bit here. But when he starts casting white folks like the Italian job with Marky Mark, I was all over that. Be cool. Jared, you've seen that one, right? Mm, I've seen that one. Straight out of Compton. I, uh, that's where it ruins it. I've actually actually have seen Straight Out of Compton. Holy shit, he's gonna do a mask movie. A mask movie? Yes. Wait, is that the, like, the Transformers uh, ripoff is, thing? I'm sorry. Is that are you talking about the the little Transformers ripoff thing? Yeah, the where 80s? like the, the the they would put on like, these helmets and God, that was huge for me when I was a kid. 
Yeah. You excited, eh? You can't talk about set it off either. Try to play us as the boring funny duddies. Look at you going crazy about mask. <laughs> I've I seen all his work. Secretly hoping it was a remake of the Eric Stoltz. That's <laughs> <laughs> where I was going. I was like, oh no, they're remaking that. Oh no. I want to see F. Gary Gray do a movie about a deformed cretin that loves Bob Seger music. <laughs> see, in the update, if especially if F. Gary Gray is doing it, it wouldn't be like Bob Seger music. No, no, like... it has to be Bob Seger from an F. Gary Gray film. You've got to do it. Come on, Gary. Double Gary. Um, set it off looked interesting. Um, I bet you we would have had more material. I love Queen Latifah. Do you? Are you a big fan of that Equalizer series that she's making right now? Uh, I haven't gotten around to it. I'm waiting for the season to wrap up. If it's these four robbing a bank, I know who the enforcer is. <laughs> you, I know the one busting down the doors. Like fucking uh, Andre the Giant and Princess Bride. <laughs> Out of my way. <laughs> Displaying the trailer from set it off right now as you all talk over it. Anytime Queen Latifah speaks, I'm just going to turn the dial down. Critical response: seventy percent for set it off. It was fun. It was a fun movie. I mean, it was very cliche. You kind of know where it's going, but it was fun. I mean, we had to go with the uh, more uh, white like, version, culturally relevant <laughs> one, which is the seventy-five percent Rotten Tomatoes ransom. That's really high, admittedly. That's I don't. I, this this just seemed to is, get a pass, yeah. I guess. Uh, th- there's nothing. There's no memorable sequence here other than the uh, the trailer moment. There was about a thirty-minute segment that I found interesting out of like the whole two-hour movie. When they, whenever they actually start going back and forth about, I'm not paying. Well, I'll kill him. Well, I'm still not paying. Well, I'm still going to kill him. Like that was okay, but the rest of it, like the whole hour leading up to it, was boring as fuck. And the last twenty, twenty-five minutes. Jared, would you rather watch this three more times or Romeo and Juliet three more times? Juliet. <sighs> you gotta bargain with me here like <laughs> Romeo and Juliet another one and a half or something like I didn't really you know it's, it's not for me neither one's for me what but. if you had Mercutio and Tybalt as the father and the kidnapper here and they just sass each other <laughs> on the phone <laughs> much more entertaining I, I'll meet you in the middle on that one I would them two uh Jousting with Shakespearean speech, yeah, it was pretty much more interesting. Yeah, Hiro, do you have the Rotten Tomatoes up for uh, Ransom? Do you have that tab up? No, I don't do the tabs ever. I I have three I sentences written on my screen. I got it. Jesus Christ, what has happened to this guy here? <laughs> Making Jared look professional. Mm, that's right. Seventy-five <laughs> percent fresh, sixty-two percent audience score. Jared didn't even try for a gag. He just. <laughs> Takes the compliment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, damn right. <laughs> <laughs> what I wanted to point out to both of you, uh, since Hyro's mm-hmm. caught up, uh, cheated, uh, copied off Jared's homework, is the top two <laughs> reviews on the main page for Ransom. Uh, you have Gene Siskel giving us a positive rating, and then the Washington Post's uh, Justin Thompson. Uh, and they're pretty much saying the same thing, uh, talking about how there are basically too many false endings and climaxes in this movie. And uh, for some reason, that really worked for uh, Siskel. Uh, he did lean into Mel Gibson. Loved Mel. 
Gibson sells us sells us on it and sells it well. That is what uh, Siskel said. <laughs> well, I mean, he did do a good acting job in it. Uh, there's no taking that away from him, despite his the cancer. Probably already had him in the or by now, so he's probably losing his mind. Oh. Diseased, you say? <laughs> the Ransom screenplay is based on a 1956 movie of the same name starring Glenn Ford. This version, directed by Ron Howard, is ambitious in the way it tries to show the kidnapping against the backdrop of Gibson's entire life. He's fighting bribery charges. He believes in doing everything himself. He has to battle with his anger. All of those elements add up to a rich performance by Gibson and a story that's entertaining without, however, being absolutely riveting. I was disappointed, for example, by the final confrontation scene between Gibson and Sinise, which I thought with better writing and editing could have generated a lot more suspense. But on balance, thumbs up for Ransom. I had the same reaction, Roger. Uh, actually, I like the last scene, the, the, uh, but it is Gibson. Gibson buys this story and the big plot twist that occurs in this yeah. story, and he sells it. He sells it within the context of the world mm -hmm. there and also to us. The part that I didn't like is the opening stuff where you see the child in jeopardy. Now, I know it's a kidnapping thing, but to having to sit through the shots of the kid tied up in bed and mouth taped and all this, that stuff to me is just so repellent and so easy and cheap mm -hmm. that I thought, well, now what's the purpose of this? Here's a 50 million, maybe 70 million dollar Hollywood enterprise focusing on a, a child in jeopardy like that. Mm -hmm. And I thought, too much, distasteful. Well, until, I don't, I until don't. Gibson kicks in, does it really work? I didn't enjoy those scenes. I don't yeah. think, however, that the movie did linger on them. As for the end scene, which you liked, I felt that Gibson, one of the problems is it takes him too long to figure out what's going on. And there's just about two shots too many of his eyes narrowing as he looks over at his son and figures something out. And oh. I felt that that scene, which was supposed to be the payoff, yeah. could have been better edited. Uh, I like that, and I like the scenes that follow that. The, the finish, I think, is pretty strong. Had set in, had it. Jerry's <laughs> <laughs> gone full Paul Rudd from Romeo and Juliet. He's mugging for an audience that can't see his face. It really is. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Look, more climaxes in here than a Swedish blue movie. I don't even know what that means. Jared is jealous. <laughs> Pyro knows what it means. I like, he's, he's the, I like the climax. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's why he's injecting himself right, <laughs> right in his cock with the testosterone shot, just so he can jack off. More. I feel alive. <laughs> Not to pick on Jared, but considering he's single, if you were really just like mm. amping up your testosterone just for your own self pleasure, that's some serious shit. Ass. Yeah, yeah, that's Hard pretty cool. dope. You gotta, you, you gotta keep loose for whenever you're called in from the bullpen. You never know. <laughs> That's something Got like uh, probably Queen Latifah does and set it off. Takes Viagra? <laughs> Testosterone injection. Testosterone. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta engorge that clit. Oh, oh. All right. Uh, let's go into next week's material. Stop that. Stop Wait. making that. <laughs> Stop with the finger. I don't. <laughs> Thank God it's an audio uh, medium here. <laughs> The scotch on the rocks, please. Any scotch will do, as long as it's not a blend, of course. Uh, single malt, Glenlivet, Glenfiddich, perhaps, maybe a Glengow, any Glen. I'm thirsty. I want a beer. What about you? You want a beer? Just a drink. 
martini and shaken not stirred. Either one of you know what we're doing uh, next week? <clears throat> Is it the Netflix thing uh, with Meryl Streep? Close. Barbara Streisand. <sighs> Can't wait. <laughs> really excited for that. Look, it I mean, was uh, The Mirror Has Two Faces with uh, Jeff Bridges and Barbara Streisand. I assume it's a rom-com or something. I've never seen it. Or The English Patient for four hours. No. No. Yeah, exactly. No. God, no. And then Sling Blade. Mm. We will be totally respectful to the mentally impaired, as we always are. We always I are, would, Jared. I would never <laughs> make fun of someone with a diminished cognitive ability. Well, not, he... not with his history. I'm, I'm hoping you wouldn't. Is he a simpleton, <laughs> or is he just from the South? Like, hey, yeah. I'm from the South. Hey, Sling Blade is basically the same as Meg Ryan and Courage Under Fire. Same, same. Just... Flying helicopters attacking people with parts from a lawnmower. <laughs> mustard sandwiches. <laughs> I, I don't get the, the mustard sandwiches reference. I mean, I watch Sling Blade probably once a year, so I don't even have Do to you watch really? this one. Yeah. Wow, okay. One of my favorite characters of all time in cinema is in Sling Blade. Uh, the Dwight Yoakam character. Yes. Yes. yes, I figured that's exactly where you were like. <laughs> I was going to say, anything, anything Dwight Yoakam, he's, uh, he's already going to love it. That like, guy's awesome. Question. He always I do like him. is talking shit, no matter what, what movie he's in. Panic Room. Has he ever been bad? Like, Has he ever been like, oh man, I can't stand Dwight Yoakam? He picks his spots really well. He's going to pick the most fun character to be. Um, even in, uh, let's see, the uh, do you remember The Dark Knight? Uh, who plays the uh, the guy in the bank? That was that was written oh, for Dwight know, Yoko. Yeah. That is uh, William Fichtner. So, and when I found that out, that bit of trivia that Nolan <laughs> had this know nothing part where a guy that runs a bank comes out to a bunch of men with machine guns and clown outfits and starts talking shit to them. I'm like, what a missed opportunity. That's, That's a, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah. And you got like wedding crashes when he's arguing with the wife. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. Go comatose for me, baby. You know, we were supposed to be wedding crashers for Marcus played, and you just totally dropped the ball on that entire that entire show, Ira. We had wedding crashers lined up. Meet the parents. What was the the theme there? It's been a while, and I'm old. What do you want from me? Um, what was the theme there? Uh, liars and lovers, I think. Mm. Yeah, just I still want to be, be honest. That. It was just an excuse for you to talk about meet the parents and wedding crashers. For us to talk about, because I know <laughs> oh, you're us. a big Wendy Crashes fan and Vince Vaughn guy. Yeah, yeah, I was looking forward to it, but not because we were going to do the Pat Healy and mm. Vince Vaughn back to back. You were going to miss that one, weren't you? No, oh, his fucking <laughs> monolithic teeth. <laughs> <laughs> How about a tip, Chompers? <laughs> so good. What's his line? I love those goofy little bastards. <laughs> 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 See, this is the perfect podcast. We went from this fucking dry, vanilla, white bread, piece of shit movie to let's oh, just yeah. quote. We went to the most diverse movie on the planet. There's something let's about Let's just Mary. quote something about Mary. Yeah, man. <laughs> he's got a forehead like a drive-in theater, but he's a good shit. Last time this came up on the podcast, Jared basically said he was going mm. to excuse himself from the show as you and I just went on and on about it. Uh, so I'm glad this time we were able to, you know, bring jared into the bedroom i think it's that brett Favre trauma like you know brett Favre coming in kind of weird walk 
That, and that uh, was supposed to be Steve Young, right? I think he's the one that turned it down. It wasn't supposed to be Favre. He was a replacement. Really? Yeah, because she says in the film she's a Niners fan. So it was supposed yeah. to it was supposed to be like a bigger grand gesture that she would turn down the Niners quarterback for uh Ben Stiller, which would just enrage Jared and all It could have been like Mitch Trubisky, <laughs> that would have been dope. Easy. What what is the point of these <laughs> baseless attacks? Oh give you a little Justin Fields action. Uh, I'm not aware that the uh, NFL season is even happening. There's games going on, I wouldn't know. <laughs> I don't watch that shit. Pretty, I'm pretty happy. Mm. Oh, fat, Mac. fat Mac is good to me. <laughs> so white, so white. He's like the widest. It fits in the widest quarterback since what? Peyton Manning, probably. Tom Brady. Eh, Tom Brady is a little. You know, he's got a supermodel Vegan. wife. Yeah, like I'm going with Peyton Manning. That's the only thing I'll give Peyton Manning over Tom Brady is that he's somehow more white than Tom Brady. Headbutt you to death. There you go. <laughs> uh, sorry to take up your time there, Tua. With uh, you know, I hate you all. <laughs> you know, I have a screenshot of the NFL draft, whatever group thread we were in when Mac Jones was selected. <laughs> And you immediately responded, ha, 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 when he was selected. I was like, I'm going to screenshot I'm gonna go the fuck now. out of this. I'm going to go take a leak. I hate you all. I'm going to bring this up for well over a decade. For, I would say for the rest of our lives. <laughs> this is never going to end. Mm. Admittedly, mm. as someone who doesn't watch college football, I had no opinion. I just know the way he walked. When he was selected with those fucking <laughs> massive hips, I fell in love instantly. <laughs> Whoa, look at that big man mm. walking through. Mm. It's thick. Mm. <laughs> Handsome, like Queen Latifah. <laughs> oh, to be fair, Queen Latifah is far more handsome than Mac Jones. <laughs> We should have done set, set it, it off, off baby. 